How was the weekend? Friday night again against Cheat Dub. You guys uh, yeah. overcame a little adversity early, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was good. You know, we, we definitely, um, you know, weren't 100% on our game. We had some things we were dealing with. Kat was out for the weekend, um, but she will be back this week just taking a little break um, for her health. And then... Um, we had some new people on Beam, uh, Malin Sullivan. She she had a little blip in her routine. It is beautiful, though. I think the I think probably the biggest gasp I got from the audience was when she does a a move on Beam where she flips around it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's hard to explain, but it's a move you normally would do on bars, and she flips around it, and the whole the whole place gasped. So I thought that was pretty cool because it's very unique. Um, but yeah, I mean, Reagan got another ten on beam. I saw totally that. legit too. This one, <laughs> if one ten can be better than the other, this one was better. This one was better. So that's pretty cool. I never thought of that. Yeah. Whenever you're like, well, you know, the Jim Jim Turnett. Oh yeah. Look at me. The Jim they might they they might get all over it and say that might have been a little home cooking. Yeah. You're saying in this sense, not this one. Take that, Jim Turnett. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. So, a uh, big one coming up this weekend because what podium, right? Yeah. <gasps> Look at me. Yes, you got it. And Look we out. have the return. Like Danny Sievers came into the vault lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't make a big difference score wise because Cat went out and she she's one of our top vaulters. So, but Danny came in and really nailed her vault she was the anchor she got a nine nine she's been out with a foot injury and just coming back now on on floor and vault she's a freshman um from south dakota she's a really great athlete and now she's kind of getting past that injury 100 percent. and we should see her on three events probably coming up this weekend so that's exciting um so we have some some things that are coming around here and olivia troutman as i've been talking about her um, warmed up at the meet. You know, you probably saw a lot of pictures of her on Instagram, but she's definitely um, did full beam routines yesterday for the first time. So we're looking at her return soon as well. I saw so many pictures of her. I thought she was back. I know, I'm just right? kidding, Lindsay. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's exciting because she makes that much of a difference, right? She makes a huge difference. Now, is she back on vault? No, but will she be? Yes. Like So we're, we're really taking our time with it because we are fortunate to have the depth we have, and there's no need to rush. So she's she's definitely a secret. She's the secret weapon. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Um, can we go over some rankings so you can help me yeah. and, and, and the fans better understand? All right, so Bar's number one in the country. As yes. you said, you feel really good about that right now, right? I do. I mean, we, we nailed Bar's this weekend, but again, we only stuck two dismounts, and we're going 49-5-5, which is a huge score without those stuck dismounts. Like, we, we could be a 49-8. We're that good on that event. So that that is looking great for us. You're a top five in every category. Number five in floor, number five in beam, number three overall, which is, you know, the, the average of those. But as you brought up, vault continues to be a bit of an issue. Six in the country. How do you feel about the progression that's been made? No, I feel really good. Oh, I'm like, sorry. That's my old man. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> what, we, um, <laughs> what we are going to see here is is our vault lineup. Um, becoming a lot stronger with Danny, Kat. Uh, we'll have four one-and-a-halves in there. I think Audrey Davis is really um, doing a better job and sticking her landing. So I think we're going to get up there in the 49-4s, 49-5s here in the next few weeks, and that will make a huge difference. Um, in the absence of a couple of key players, if you will, how did you feel like those who had the opportunity to slide in, how do you feel like they took advantage of it, or, or did they? 
No, they definitely did. Yeah. Um, with Kat being out, Danae then had the opportunity to step in on bars, and she she was phenomenal. I think 9925, which, um, you know, you go in there and you score that, it's hard to it's hard to take you out of the lineup, quite quite frankly. So um, definitely saw some promise there. Maylin, again, like beautiful beam worker, just had a little blip. So definitely um, needs to get some experience, and that's sometimes hard to do uh, without going into the lineup. So, And she had a miss in front of her. That's just a lot of of pressure. I think Jordan, you know, we have to remember she's a freshman getting used to the pressure of that. I think Beam has been a little bit um, tough for her. She's had um, two misses out of six. But again, like I look back at Anastasia's freshman year and I see that, you know, there's definitely ups and downs as you're as you're getting used to everything. So I think she's going to be great for us. We just have to be patient with her development. And then, um, like I said, Danny going on vault for Cat. I mean, she nailed it nine nine. So I, I was really happy with all the people who stepped in. Today is someone you talked about early in the season. Talented true freshman. Um, actually, she joined it semester last year, right? Today. So this is the first time she's truly been able to prepare and compete. That's right. Um, out of Philadelphia, a, a pair just all-around freakish athlete, right, and everything she can do? Yes. Um, balance beam is the one thing she doesn't, you know, she doesn't quite do for us yet, but she powers her asset. Like, she's very powerful on floor, vault. Um, and, and this is an athlete who hasn't competed in two and a half years. So wow. she's also showing she has the killer instinct, right? Yeah. Uh, and then Audrey Davis, who you mentioned, won the all-around this past week. And um, how is she – because last year – I'm trying to be smart on my stats here. Last year didn't do the floor – but competed in the beam and the bars and the vault. How has it been adding floor and then what it takes to do the all-around from a physical perspective for her? Yeah, I mean, I think here we are mid-season. And if you're oh, an all-around, I way. know. <laughs> mid-season already. Yeah. I'm sorry. We've we've hit six meets. We have six left. I mean, we are literally mid-season. So um, if you're an all-arounder, like it takes a little bit of a toll on you. And I do feel like um, right now is the time we have to be really smart about what she's doing and uh, preserve. You know, you mm-hmm. really have to preserve the bodies, like you said, like respond. Um, Recovery, responding from um, big meets like that. You know, we all, we've all woken up with an adrenaline headache before. You know, <laughs> it's hard to um, train at the level she has to train, especially midseason. You got to kind of get over the hump. But they're doing a great job. And then for the the true freshman Jordan Bauer is another standout true freshman out of Nebraska. I've been watching one in Jordy Ball at uh, with softball. But you know, that's one thing that I have learned in the couple of years we've done this. Coach is. You're going from com- competing, what, maybe once a month to doing it every single weekend. How has that load kind of been for her to handle? I think she's navigating that right now because she's probably competed more in the last six weeks than she has in, in two years. Wow. So um, especially with the fact that she kind of uh, had an injury there in high school and um, wasn't competing a whole lot before coming here. So – you're looking at, you know, her her body's probably really, really going, whoa, what's going on? Right. But at the same time, she's getting valuable experience competing. Um, 
You know, and as a freshman, I think, too, handling the ups and downs of the season, you know, when you're an all-arounder, you take on a lot of responsibility. And uh, you want to be perfect all the time. You want to hit every single event because you're in four. But the, the fact is, the the statistics say, like, the chances of you having a miss here and there are, are greater just because you're doing everything. Um, she just needs to learn how to handle that a little bit more. We're all, we all have a little perfectionist in us. And, uh, you know, we all try to avoid failure at all costs, but <laughs> it happens and, and we have to use it to our advantage. So I think she's learning that right now, you know, and, and you learn a lot your freshman year. I think she's really, um, she's really digging in with her teeth. Like she came in on, uh, yesterday and the day before, and she was, you know, in corrective mode. She wanted to correct what was the mistake on 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 Friday and just was really dialed in. And I think that that's what it's going to take. Um, Denver, we see Denver this weekend. Have you heard anything about Lindsey Brown? Is she out or that's she's the Denver out. standout? Okay. Yeah, it was a season-ending injury oh, no. against us. So she's out. Um, but I'll se- I'll tell you, Stanford will be there and Washington as well. Stanford just beat UCLA this weekend. Oh, wow. Um, which is huge, actually. UCLA has three Olympians on their team. So um, we have seen Stanford at Arizona. I did think they were looking really good. Um, I think that um, – Tabitha is the coach there, and and they've just gotten better every year. This is definitely a standout year for them. And Washington has a new coach who I love. I think she's great. Really? I think she's going to be great. Yeah, but this is her first year. Okay. All right. So we see Stanford, Washington, and and Denver down in the Metroplex Challenge this week in a podium meet. And then the madness starts because that following Friday, we get a preview of what the SEC schedule is going to look like because you go to Gainesville yeah. for a showdown with Florida. Yeah. They get great crowds down there, right? My favorite. Really? No. Ah. <laughs> it's nuts down there. It is nuts. Really? Yeah. And people yeah. forget Gainesville isn't like some beautiful beachside community. <laughs> I mean, and no offense to Florida fans, but it literally is a landlocked Florida town. It's meh. Uh, it's hot is what it is. But and you guys go there and they're going to be rocking. But Yeah, our, they're a great team. They're they really good this great. Year? And they're really good at home. And the atmosphere is outrageous. There's distractions everywhere. I mean, the best thing for our kids would be to wear those cone things that that <laughs> the pet, dogs like. that dogs wear <laughs> when they have surgery because you you need to literally have that kind of vision when you go there and really be um, dialed in on what you're doing and not easily distracted because the craziness exists. Oh well, that's those fans are the, are the most uh, exuberant fans of any that I have seen. Really in gymnastics, yes. Wow, it's crazy, so, wild place. So I mean, we'll, we'll be able to talk about that next week. And I'm <laughs> I'm already excited about looking ahead a couple of weeks because March fourth, arguably the biggest home meet of the season. Whenever you guys square off against Michigan. Uh, make your plans now. Seven forty-five. ESPN two is going to be in town, and I mean, you talked about Florida being pretty good. Michigan's pretty talented too, and we get a chance to compete on our home turf. Yeah, number one preseason, number one all season this year. Um, but I, I have a question for you, real quick, before we get started, and before Josh slides in. Okay. And I specifically asked TJ, "Can I ask you this question? I want to do it on the air." Is I feel Toby... like you're setting me up for something. No, 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 no. This is a Toby Rowland question, just so we're clear. All right? This has nothing to do with anything with TJ. Just kind of your opinion on something. Is Toby grumpier on a Monday after a basketball loss or a football loss? Because in my humble opinion, I almost think basketball 
brings out the true in Toby Rowland on um, either Mondays or Wednesdays or or whenever the game took place. I, I think basketball's the answer there. It's his number one sport. He loves college basketball more than any other sport. And what happens, Chris, is it comes at you more rapidly. So... You're losing ah, on see. Saturday. You're turning around. You're upset about it Monday. You're turning around. You got a game on Tuesday or Wednesday. You know. You see what I'm saying? It's like when they get into this cycle where they're losing, you know, eight of nine or, or whatever it may be. It, it's coming at you faster than with football. And his gotcha. love for college basketball, the the crowds, I think, are really what has him down right now. He was really disappointed in the crowd for Texas last night. He was expecting a much fuller house, even with the way. Uh, you know, with the record and what's going on with the program, he expected a nice big crowd last night, and it wasn't what he was expecting. So it keeps la- it keeps layering on top of layers, and he can't get out of the the grumpy uh, upset mood. <laughs> he has not been my friend this week. That's for so, sure. He has not liked me at all. So with that, and I'm just so you didn't happen to hear the end of the broadcast then last night. I the I heard most of the post, but I didn't hear the very okay. end, so I don't know if he dropped yeah. something there at the very end, yeah. Well, and, and the only reason I, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying, like, I listen to Toby more than TJ does. No, my point is, I'm a better friend. I want to I play this for you then real quick because – this is this is the last thing that I heard before he went into his final send-off. Kevin Henry agrees. Basketball may be a little bit grumpier, but I don't know if this is going to work. I haven't tested anything yet, but we'll we'll all find out together. In the- here you go. Here you go. This was the final um, one one minute of the broadcast, all right? And then we'll get Josh in here. We'll start our show. See, for that, West Virginia then in the midweek after that, and the regular season comes to an end with a road trip to Manhattan, Kansas, to take on Kansas State. Sooner fans, I hope you'll take it with the way that it's intended. Oklahoma's going to go play in front of sellout crowds in Ames and in Lubbock. They played in front of a sellout crowd in Lawrence and the game before that, and they're going to play in front of a sellout crowd in Manhattan, Kansas, to close the year. Tonight was two-thirds full in here. Pause for dramatic effect. (laughs) Oklahoma State and West. So, TJ, you're right. He was hot about the crowd. He's last been night, mad right? all week uh, okay. throughout the season. This this is something grinding on him because. Okay. I mean, in most years, like he said, he's been able to go on the road to TCU. Not a very good crowd. This year, sold out. Biggest crowd ever in their arena. Um, you know, he's been able to go on uh, certain road trips to to other places around the conference. Everywhere he's been this year has been massive crowds. And I'm giving him gotcha. that because I've watched every game. I know that's the case. So it is not sitting well with him right now, With the uh, especially for an OU Texas game last night, the <laughs> level of attendance. Yeah. All right, thank you. I just wanted to check because I noticed, uh, listen, that's my guy. Uh, I just needed to make sure that it would be okay to text him a little bit. Like, hey, man, what's going on? Uh, if, if it's after a basketball loss, I'll kind of pull back a little bit. <laughs> I, I won't bug him too much. Thank you, TJ. It's the Plank Show on a third uh, Wednesday. See, I'll even do it like five or six times. We're on the road today. We're at Cavens. Now, this is our normal Thursday hang. But listen, with the softball travel schedule, uh, I am gone. Well, I, I shouldn't say gone, but at least on the road for 
like three of the next four Thursdays. It makes this show a little bit tougher to to have happen on site during the early part of the softball season. But uh, we wanted to make sure we got out and was able to spread the good word of what's going on out here at Cavens Construction. As always, we want your calls at 405-329-9000. If you know what you want to talk about before we lay anything out, hit us up. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. And, of course, I pretty much live on Twitter at Plank Show. Josh is at Josh on Ref. Everybody should be following us at Sports Talk 1400. Good morning, Josh Helmer. How the heck are you? Doing great. Good morning. And how are you? I wish the Sooners could have pulled it off last night. And I think I think that's where we need to start today, despite the frustration. But uh, I, I don't know how you felt. It was one of those games where it wasn't always the, the, the prettiest thing that we've watched. Uh, I thought the officials went in waves in how they called the game. I felt like at times they were letting them play, and I felt like at times it got really, really ticky-tack. And I don't – I mean, I, I don't think any of that is intentional, but, I mean, Josh, it was just – it was a roller coaster from, you know, moments where you thought, okay, Oklahoma's going to come back and win this thing, and moments where maybe you were worried that, oh, no, Texas has found kind of the right mojo at the right time to pull this off. I mean, listen, I can't think of any other way to put it. It was kind of your typical Red River showdown inside the LNC from what we've seen over the last few years. Yeah, played out probably similarly to what we would have expected in terms of just being that competitive of a game, going into overtime the way it did, and certainly a much different script than what we saw in Austin. Right. Right. Uh, Obviously disappointing finish. We're going to hear from Porter Moser throughout the show today and some of his post-game Zoom. Um, Everybody's probably, in a lot of ways, talking about one of two or three things. One, of course, the decision to go with Ethan Shagwa down the stretch. And I thought thought that was a really – and again, I'm not sitting here trying to say Shagwa should be in over Tanner Groves or vice versa, though the, the vice versa part of it seems a little bit more productive from a scoring perspective. But, Josh, I really kind of dug what Ethan Shagwa brought to this team last night. I know the lasting impression for everyone is the three-pointer that just wouldn't fall um, and and the room that he appeared to have, and maybe he could have driven and given, given himself a much more manageable look. But I, I thought the juice that he brought for them in the second half, specifically down the stretch, I thought it was I thought it was a good thing. Finished as Oklahoma's leading rebounder last night. So it's not like Shagwa didn't didn't provide some good minutes for Oklahoma. I think it's a fair complaint for Oklahoma fans that wanted somebody other than Shagwa to, to take that shot. Sure. On the other oh, end of absolutely. the equation, you get an open look in a moment like that, you, you feel okay about it. The other thing that I think if you look at the non-on-the-court conversations are twofold. Number one, it just I, – I wish I had a, a magic formula or a magic wand to wave that just sold that place out, 
right? And I think I think Porter Moser and and even on the women's side, Jenny Baranchek have done everything they can do. And I don't know, you know, what more outside of being like undefeated at this point in the season, right? I mean, everyone says, oh, just win. Well, we're going to probably watch a game tonight, and I'm not trying to be a defeatist, but between a team that's a projected two seed in the NCAA tournament, and there's not going to be a great crowd this evening for women's basketball. And there should be. They deserve it. Um, And the students flat out are bringing it. And uh, the Boom Squad has been fantastic. Josh, why hasn't that become more contagious? I mean, tickets are not expensive for basketball games. They're just not. They're affordable to get in the door. And I know, trust me, as someone as someone who's always scratching and clawing and vying to find things for my kids to do when we don't have soccer or horse lessons or whatever we're into this month, but, I, I mean, I understand the, the day-to-day grind of family life. I get it. I get it. But – there's enough Sooner fans that should be able to overcome the people that, oh, it's a Tuesday night, my kids got soccer, I can't make it. Or it's a Wednesday night, we've got church, whatever it might be. I mean, there's 80,000 plus that show up to a football game, right? And, you know, at, at any given time, that's 80,000 plus Sooner fans. There's um, hundreds of thousands to maybe millions across this state that love the crimson and cream. So it, whenever people, oh, well, you know, it's Tuesday or it's bad weather, Josh, there should be enough of a following that it doesn't matter what night or what day of the game is. The play should always be rocking. What is that disconnect? Why can't it not consistently happen? Well, the easy answer is going into last night you'd lost – Eight of ten, and just that's calling fair. it what it is. This that's fan base fair. with basketball, a lot of times they flip the switch when the team is playing well, and they flip that switch off when the team isn't playing as well. Uh, not saying it's right, just saying that that's kind of how it goes around here in Norman. It's unfortunate, right? I mean, if. If the Big 12 sucked, right, and you're playing, no no offense to any alums, I'm going to pick on a couple of AAC schools here, uh, and, and Tulsa knows the pain. I'm sure Tulsa fans think the same thing when they see their crowds. It's not like Temple's rolling in here, Josh. It's not like um, – well, Houston would be big time with, with Kelvin Sam. It's not like East Carolina is rolling in here. A Texas team that's your arch rival is rolling in here. A Texas Tech team that is a top ten team. I mean, you didn't even have to to go out of your way to schedule this, right? I just I get listen, I'm I'm part of this problem. I'm the first one to tell you. But my defense is always, hey, if if my daughter has an event or my kid has an event that keeps me from going to a game, there should be tenfold there to pick me up when I can't make an event or vice versa. They, I'm going to be there. I just, I don't, 
I get Toby's frustration, I guess, is the overriding point to that. And, Josh, I'm sure you do, too. Everyone has things that are going on, but there should be enough of a desire to support this team and what Porter Moser is trying to do that it shouldn't be a, a, a day-to-day, week-to-week bag in order to get people to come out to games. Agreed, and especially for Texas and a Texas team that comes in ranked 20th and, oh, by the way, beat the snot out, out of you down in Austin. There, there should be enough of a bone to pick there in the rivalry sure. itself. Regardless of what's going on with Oklahoma record-wise or what had happened the previous however many weeks, Texas is a game that should be sold out every time it gets played in Norman. It should be. Bingo. Bingo. So that's that's the Then the other thing that I think you come away from is Mr. Antenna Ears. How about Chris Beard getting a little angry whenever someone called him a traitor walking off the court last night? By the way, two things there. Number one, there's a part of me that does respect, right, him seeing it and going over and saying something to someone. But I also, you know, it, traitor. I mean, you're. why do you care if you're at Oklahoma that he left Tech and went to Texas? You <laughs> Traitor? He just beat us. Shut up. What are you doing? The dude just came into our house and ripped our heart out. And you're standing there, and you're like, traitor. You know what? It, who cares? In, in the end, he beat that, – that's my biggest gripe, right, when you get beat by someone – and you, all you resorted to is name-calling. That was punk. I'm, and I know I was like, yeah, you tell him. Are you serious? So that's our comeback to a guy we're standing up for Texas Tech? Yeah, we got you, Red Raiders. We had some punk sitting there on the baseline that called him a traitor, and then when Chris Beard called him out on it, he recoiled like he just tried to talk trash to a bodybuilder. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's my old age coming out. But we got beat. You shut up. Shut up when you got beat. And you take your L. And you go back and you try to get better. Sitting there talking trash to a coach that's walking out. What the hell are we doing? I mean, listen. In the end, in the end, if you're a Red Raider fan and you're sitting on that baseline or you're out there, that's fine. But if you're just some dude, and it looked like, Josh, I don't know about you, was it a fan or was it someone that was in the media that yelled it? It was a fan, to okay. my understanding. What are we doing? What are you doing? That's your comeback? Hey, he just brought a team in here that got smoked at uh, Baylor, at Waco this weekend against Baylor. Smoked, right? And they came in here and they beat us, and that's what you Traitor, traitor. Who cares if he's a traitor? He went to Texas and put together a team that beat us. I will never understand that for my life, Josh. Never. Yeah, that was sort of my reaction, too. I don't have a big problem with it. I'm not going to super blast the fan today. Because in the pantheon of things that a fan could say to either a player or a coach, calling a coach that did turncoat a little bit here from Texas Tech to Texas, (sighs) it's that's low on the Richter scale in terms of things that we've seen in recent years fans say to coaches. But, look, mostly I agree. It's – the, the Texas Tech-Texas situation with Chris Beard has affected Oklahoma in zero sense. None! 
Sorry, I, I I keep forgetting that Amanda's working away, and I'm in here screaming, losing my mind at Cavens today. But I saw that, and I will admit, the first thing I was like, I was like, that's pretty funny. Uh, and then I slept on it, right? And I woke up this morning, I was like, what in the hell is, what are we doing? You're going to, you got beat. You got beat, and it sucks to lose, man. I'm wearing, I don't know why, I'm, I'm wearing a beat Texas shirt today. Why? Because I love beating Texas in every sport. Love it. But. That's the that's the comeback. All right, we got a busy show today. I've got a lot on Jenny Baranchek's crew. How about Josh, the most recent Charlie Cream bracketology? Did you check it out yet? I heard you talking about it. I we're sitting there yesterday, and I hadn't checked it. We were doing the TV show. Chad and I were doing the TV show. Remember, the camera adds twenty pounds, and. When we were pulling up a segment for Bracketology, I was like, oh, look, Charlie Cream just updated his. And it had Oklahoma as a two seed. And this was updated after the loss. So I was like, wait a minute. This has got to be wrong. So I refreshed it, saw it again. They're a two seed. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is awesome. So we'll talk about OU's matchup with Texas Tech tonight coming up in just a bit. Um, Perion Winfrey made an appearance on the Oklahoma breakdown with Eichert and Lehman. I want to share a little bit of what he had to say in the next hour. And JT Gasso will join us at the bottom of the hour. But next, more fallout from Oklahoma, Texas. It's the Plank Show. OU softball, uh, JT Gasso coming up in about nine minutes from now. We've got more on the Oklahoma, Texas Tech game. Maybe I'll text. I haven't tried to use my superpowers to get anyone with basketball on yet. I don't have any superpowers, by the way. But maybe we'll see if Coach Jenny will come on. I um, If anybody is friends with Coach Robert Washington, would you let him know I'm a nice person and all I want to do is talk to him for five minutes about his daughter? I know he's busy. He's in season and he's teaching like crazy. But I'm, I've got this really cool article that I put together on Kelby for Boyd Street. But I just I want to talk to him like five minutes. Five minutes, Coach. I promise I'll have you out. But I am – I'm fascinated with this women's hoops team. We'll talk some sooner hoops against the Lady Raiders. And obviously, uh, Josh, we got a lot to get to from Perion's interview with with Gabe and with Teddy. And you say you haven't heard it yet, right? I have not heard it. I'm looking forward to this. I will say there is a moment in this interview where the cuss floodgates come open. And... When Perion talks about what he's going to do on his 40-yard dash, I I was laughing so hard. He's like, they're going to watch me effing fly like an F. And I'm just like, whoa, that, that's a string together that's kind of impressive, Perion. So have so we we'll, bleeped appropriately? Well, we're, we're, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about the interview is it's about maybe about 40, uh, I think like 30-minute interview, maybe 25, and he doesn't cuss. For like 20 minutes of it. It's like there's – I'm like, wow, this is kind of impressive, you know. And sometimes Gabe will drop a bomb. Uh, Teddy usually does. And there was nothing. Then all of a sudden, like these floodgates opened with five minutes to go in the interview, and it was pretty wild. I was like, whoa, all right, let's go. He caught on that this was not television or radio. I Either that or – like for me sometimes, you'll be in a conversation with someone and you realize, oh, I'm not on the air. I can say what I really think. And I think he realized – Oh, wait a minute. This is a podcast. I've been talking for 20 minutes. Now you're getting the real way I talk, right? I think that's kind of what it got to. 
But we'll we'll get to that in a bit. All right, two two clips from last night from Porter Moser before we break and get JT Gasso in here. First, the final play, uh, two back-to-back really good questions from Bob Prispillo because obviously uh, Ethan Shagwa I don't think was the number one option, but, man, he ended up wide open on that final play in regulation. Well, we, we were getting a lot of rip and drives, and uh, we ran a little go screen, and then we were trying to rip and drive, and then uh, we came and – Earlier in the game, we were setting that ball screen. Like, we, we ghosted and came in, and we were ripping. I wanted Jordan to rip and drive. They kind of bottled it up. And then uh, Ethan kind of popped. Um, you know, obviously, we'd like them to roll, but we popped. He actually got a wide-open three. Um, but uh, we were trying to get Jordan, you know, going downhill on a rip and drive that we got earlier in the game. And, and then, you know, you have an opportunity where, you know, looking back, like the missed free throw with four seconds left, Josh was borderline brilliant. Now, again, you, you don't have a timeout left, so you can't grab it and call a timeout. So you've got to basically scramble. And here's what Porter said about that play with four seconds left because it's it's tough to really have anything set because you don't know how the ball's going to bounce off the rim. It's tough. And scene. Well, it, we've, we've, we've been there before, and uh, we were trying to outlet it deep. Um, it was the only shot we missed in overtime was that shot. You know, we made every free throw and made every shot in overtime. Unfortunately, we had two bad turnovers, and they had two offensive rebounds, and, and we had a, a really bad foul, you know, just 28 feet from the basket. But, um, you know, we were trying to, you know, get it up the sideline. So if they missed, we were trying to outlet it and then up the sideline or up, up the thing, trying to get it as fast as you can in an attack mode. But um, Tanner got it, and he took two dribbles, and he got it to EJ. I was, we, were, we were trying to get it outletted. Um, but you got four seconds. The clock starts when the, on the missed shot. So there's two really good answers to two uh, very necessary questions after that game. Oklahoma tough loss to Texas. We'll have anything else. Now, I know the text lines kind of fired up this morning, Josh. So do you want to table those until after we talk to JT, stay in a good mood for now? Yes, let's okay. let's all stay merry for just a little bit. I, I just want to make this very clear. I don't think that you can say, well, if football was in this position, of, uh, if football was 9-0 and and people were complaining, right? I mean, it's just it's, it's a whole different standard. My point is there's enough OU fans around Norman. There's enough OU fans around this area where we shouldn't be able to have a conversation across the court from each other in a rivalry game. That's it. All right, quick break. We'll come back. JT Gasso in the house talking some Sooner softball on their opening weekend next. All right, Plank Show on the road today at Cavens Construction. But come on, we're always on the road early in the season covering Sooner softball, and we're pumped to be joined on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, by Sooner hitting coach JT Gasso. JT, congrats on the 5-0 start to the season. Um, pretty fun weekend all together, and I don't know of a better way to start the year than T.R.A. Jennings going yard in her first at bat, but now that you've had some time to look back, overall, how would you kind of feel about the uh, performance of your hitters in weekend number one out in Irvine? Yeah, um, T.R.A., two for two, huh? starting the year off the home run. That's pretty, that's pretty, pretty awesome. awesome. Um no, I thought I thought it went it went well, and and the big thing that we're learning and that we know is that you know it's a, it's a completely different year, it's 2022, and going through the whole process of that, and you know just 
you know, you have some things that are different, um, and not, you know, in a bad way, but, you know, we're just learning through it and, uh, and just competing. So, you know, we're just looking forward to build off of, you know, how this, this past week went. How, how nice was it? Again, our uh, Oklahoma's pitching staff has been really solid. I think you saw that on display against Santa Barbara, UCLA, Loyola Marymount, Mississippi State. But, JT, how nice was it for these hitters to face someone different over the last uh, couple of days? Well, this you know, someone was talking about it uh, before the game, and they're just joking around, but it said, if they don't shove, I'm going to be so pissed because they have been dominating <laughs> us. For you know, uh, for the whole the season, they the work that the the pitching staffs put in has been awesome. They are um, just ahead of the game, and it's they're all locked in, and and they're doing every single pitcher that that's being thrown out there. So um, it's been kind of it's it's been really fun at times to see that development. Frustrating sometimes when work no one's competing against it. I just know that. Um, the, the job that Coach Roach has done, you know, that's why she's the best in the business. And uh, I'm just glad they're on our team. So it's, I want to get your perspective on that real quick before we go back to some, some individual hitters and what you learned in week one. But it's got to be pretty awesome to see what the staff did, as you said, JT, in practice. And then you watch it come to fruition on the field. Hope Troutwine, I mean, think about her performance against San Diego. She gave up a first-inning hit and then retired like 12 straight batters. Obviously, Jordy Ball, I mean, Nicole May was great against Mississippi State. How does that help build the confidence of the hitters when they see the pitchers not only do what they do in practice, but then, JT, they go out and they're able to to do it against an opponent, especially some high-level opponents this weekend? Well, yeah, it's, it's, and it, it's the same on the other side. If you had a yeah. An offense that's putting up a ton of run, um, it just takes pressure off you as a as a pitcher. And so, it, you know, we got to feel that last year, and and this year it it's feeling like the exact opposite. Not saying it is the opposite, but when you have a staff that you know is going to go out and just lock it down, like put zeros up on the board, it's like all right, hey, we're good. We let's let's keep doing our thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's comforting. I guess the best word. To... <laughs> oh, I love that word. I love that word. Um, just on a sidebar, you know, obviously, Drea is expecting, so you're going to have the third Gasso uh, baby that's going to join the, the family. But how nice was it, JT, to have the whole family with you this weekend? And obviously, Andrea, for those who don't know, JT's wife was an national championship, excellent player, Andrea Harrison, whenever she was at UCLA, to be there to have her be able to pay tribute to Mark Campbell, which is what this weekend was about. That had to be kind of uh, kind of special for you to start the season. No, absolutely. And the Vienna Manning Stadium or Bill, Bill Barber Park, uh, it's, th- there's a lot of big events that are played there, CIF to um, travel ball and national championships. There, there is, which is basically like California State High CIF California State High School Championships and um, stuff like so it's a it's a pretty big spot that we were able to compete on but yeah like you said being able to compete uh, in his honor and just be a part of that was was awesome um, you know the the UCLA game for some reason they think that she should like be at the game in her blue and I'm just thinking like. <laughs> Like, I, like, what do you, what do you want her to do? You know, but it was, it's fun. It's all in good fun. 
um, you know, it, it was cool. My kids got to experience it, the family, um, both families being out there and stuff. But, yeah, it was for, for everyone. It was, it was a really good experience. JT, uh, Coach said something after the first couple of games, and obviously Jocelyn is chasing Lauren Chamberlain's record. She's five shy. She's entered the 90 home run club, one of only six players in college softball history to hit 90 home runs. But it did seem at times, I think Coach said, she's chasing history, Not now we got to stop chasing pitches. But I felt like on Sunday, that was a little bit of the – of the Jossie we saw last year, driving some balls back up the middle. Did you see a change in her on Sunday, or was it just is this going to be a process in trying not to hit every ball out of the park here early in the season? That was Coach's line, chasing history, not pitches. Yeah, yeah, that's what she dropped in the pregame show. <laughs> that, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, <laughs> that's such a good line. I cracked um, up too. But – uh yeah i think um and it's something that very few players in any sport um experience where you're chasing history you know like you think of any any record um no one in a a career record at that you know like just or anyone so it's just like uh it's something that is unique uh maybe not even to this program you know you had Shelby and Lauren chasing it but um you know she's she has to go through it and she's she's dealing with it and um and I don't even want to say dealing with it it's just a matter of keeping your um uh your perspective in line with with trying to win the game at the end of the day and I think that's what she um what she kind of did there in that last game is just keeping the game for what it is and not you know staying with the process, not chasing results and, and getting caught up in that. And, you know, the home runs will come. We're not, no one's really worried about it or like, Hey, you got to do it here. No, no one's pressuring her or doing anything like that from, from our end. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to, to navigate this because it's just something that, you know, once softball's over, uh, it's just, it doesn't come like this again, you know? So, um, I, I'm, I'm, really excited i know she's really excited to get back out uh against houston and and just trust the process do her thing and uh and just let the results happen as they may love it love it jt gasso's our guest two more we'll get you out of here all right for, i, I want to ask about jordy ball not just as the pitcher but jordy ball as the hitter she was in the lineup on thursday uh, coach decided to go ahead and use the the dp on saturday against ucla JT, what does she bring at the plate, and will we see her hit, you think, more often than not when she pitches? She is uh, – okay, so the wiry, like, power, like, like lioness attitude that you see on the mound, she has at the plate. She is super strong, has some crazy whip on her swing, can put some really – like, really good charge in the, in the balls. Um but what she's learning at the end of the day, too, though, she's a freshman, right? So the game's different. Um, and it was just she's going to get plenty more of it back. But it was just about, like, hey, let's let's make sure that this pitching part is locked down. And then the hitting part, we're going to, you know, keep working on, keep doing it. So um, at, this, at this level, what 
freshmen are learning is how, and even last year's freshmen, was how much more mental um, your at-bats become. Where, and it's not a bad thing. Like, hey, you got to think about this. That's not really it. It's more so of like trusting yourself, like I said, trusting the process and doing all those things that um, that work out, but it's doing it consistently over um, the course of a season. So, um, you know, th- she's working on it, swinging, and and she's she'll be good to go um, moving forward. Speaking of good to go, one final question. Uh, it shows you how, to me, competitive things are in this lineup. Whenever on Sunday. Uh, Grace Lyons and, and Kinsey Hansen are coming off the bench, and we still run rule team 8-0, though. Again, I mean, it wasn't inside the park home run by Jada Coleman. Sorry I said nine. Uh, but how do you think that Grace Lyons and Kinsey Hansen handled not being in the starting lineup on Sunday, JT? Oh, it's – I mean, they they were they were great. It's, and not That's like, awesome. hey, thank you for sitting me. Yeah, thanks for bending Um <laughs> <laughs> but more so in the sense of like they didn't they didn't let that um, affect them as a teammate. You know they didn't awesome. have, and it, they were able to come in and you know Grace came in off the bench, uh, base hit and it was it was good. They were still there, still engaged in it, and you know that's the one thing um, that we are very lucky to have as a team of selfless players and just not getting wrapped up in kind of their own stuff, but more so like what's best for the team and, and competing for each other and doing all those great things. So no, I, I was, it was great. And they, you know, these, they're going to be the first ones to say like how excited they are or they were to get back to work um, this week to get ready for um, Houston. That's awesome. All right. Hey, JT, safe travels down to Houston, man. Always appreciate your time and talk to you this weekend. Yep. I appreciate it. Thanks there. We'll see you. I see, buddy. It's JT Gasso, hitting coach for the Sooners. By the way, I I forgot to mention. So I parked his car, uh, the rental car, uh, because they needed to get out and go set up nets for hitting, and I wasn't real clear about where I had parked the car. So unfortunately, uh, JT was like walking around the parking lot after the UCLA game trying to find the car. <laughs> Sorry. It's right over there, man. It's right over there amongst the 8 billion other cars that are parked here that look just like it. How about that? You know, Josh, that's one thing we didn't mention. Grace Lyons had started every single game from the moment she had been on campus at Oklahoma. Every single game. So if you look back on Grace's stats, that means um, heading into Sunday's game, she had started 151 consecutive games. 151. And she comes off the bench, doesn't complain, gets a hit in her only at bat. That's awesome. And I like what JT said. Hey, it's not like they came over and was like, thank you for benching me. Oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. But they were engaged and they were ready to go. I think that's pretty cool. All right, quick break. When we come back, wrap-up hour number one brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. You can learn more about Van Hoos Fence online at vhfence.com or by picking up the phone and calling 405-735-1167, 405-735-1167. It's the Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We are on the road. I was queuing up the Perion Winfrey stuff 
I forgot how good it was yesterday um, on the Oklahoma Breakdown podcast, which, by the way, I know it comes out on Sunday nights, but I listen on Tuesday mornings. That's my that's my go-to uh, after the show on Tuesdays. Usually after the show on Mondays, but obviously I was traveling, and I kind of liked listening to it last night, especially with – you know this now. Now we're in this crunch for for content and wanting to make sure we always have solid stuff for you. And I thought Perion was open, honest, and frustrating about the way things went in twenty twenty one. In fact, I think one that stood out was that overall just frustration with why they weren't better. You know, you look around and why is this team? not any better than what they should have been, especially defensively. So we'll get to that coming up a a little bit later on in the show. David, good speed, the only Rams fan I could find in Oklahoma, will join us at the bottom of next hour to gloat about his beloved Los Angeles Rams. And we are at Cavens Construction on a Wednesday. So don't get too confused, CavensConstruction.com. 405-573-3048. 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048 in Norman. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And online at cavensconstruction.com. What, anything that uh, JT said really jump out at you? Great start to the season for those guys. Obviously, with TRA picking right back up where she left off, that's a terrific sign. The home run chase with with aloe you can see it's they're they're trying to pass along there's no need to press here for her and there really isn't any reason for her to press and everybody should be feeling good five and oh beat number three ucla what was supposed to really be in their house though i thought oklahoma fans and you can speak to this plank did a good job of taking that thing over a little bit but uh, all in all great start to the season i agree I agree. I thought it was um, I thought it was fantastic. It was a really, really fun game weekend, I guess I should say as a whole. All right, speaking of not pressing, speaking of not panicking, Porter Moser after the game last night in the loss to Texas. Oh, we're all miserable. We, but they, they, you know, but we got two two choices. You know, keep fighting. And this this group is kept on fighting. I've been asked on this many times. How's the locker room? Like this locker room is fighting. We're every practice, everything we're fighting, and we're getting. I mean, there's no question we're better than a month ago. And there's there's five regular season games in a tournament. This 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 team is not dead. This team is 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 playing its best basketball right now. And um, we got to shoot it better. I mean, we were five for we were five for twenty three. You know, we got to shoot it better. We got to play smarter. Um, but th- th- this, th- having this team fight and uh, and getting ready to play is not the issue. Ooh, let's go. That kind of got me a little fired up. I'll say this much: Porter Moser is not going to lack enthusiasm and energy. That is for certain. Tough loss for Oklahoma. We'll dive into bracketology coming up next they played the percentage game on the t-row in the morning show percentage chance that you feel like oklahoma has to get into the tournament i'll pose it to josh helmer 
to kick off our number two next. Plus, Perry on Winfrey from the Oklahoma Breakdown and some interesting thoughts on kind of what went wrong for Oklahoma football last year and his reaction to Lincoln Riley leaving and what it was like from a player's perspective. We'll dive into it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.